Hello and welcome to another episode of Wannabe Entrepreneur. Today I have another interview for you. I'm super excited because I'm interviewing a couple, so it's the first time that it's actually three of us. It's uh, Michael and Chloe. Hey guys. Hey, how's it? Hello. Everything good with you? Thank you for accepting this invitation. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited. Well, I, I never met Michael uh, personally, but I met uh, Chloe and we uh, spoke also a lot about what you, Michael, in, in Berlin. And I don't know, I felt always that we had some uh, interesting synergy because they have or you have um, a travel blog and write a lot about sustainability and sustainable travel, which I'm really passionate about. I, I would like to start to ask you to introduce yourselves. Maybe uh, Chloe can go first, speak a little bit about you. And, and then Michael can, can follow. Uh, yeah, so like Tiago said, my name's Chloe. I, ooh, my introduction is always so long because I grew up in South Africa, but I was born in Hong Kong, never lived there. So whenever I go back to visit family, I always felt like a tourist. And South Africa, no one believes I'm South African either, so I felt like a tourist. <laughs> and now in Berlin, same thing. So... I always call myself the citizen of the world. Um, I started out just like everybody else, going to school, university, thinking that if I do really great at both things, I would be successful and be happy. And I started working in finance, uh, specifically in investment banking, and then later in investing stocks. I did that for like seven years. So basically followed everything, did well at school, did well at university, found a good job, thought that that would make me happy and then seven years later kind of questioned myself and um yeah I I just felt like every day I went to work it chipped away at my soul and I didn't really know why I did all that stuff for and yeah I met Michael we got engaged and then married uh, went on honeymoon and then that six weeks away made us rethink our lives and yeah we completely changed our career we left our jobs left Maybe I'll let Michael introduce himself before I continue. And sure, ramble. yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Very interesting. Uh, Go ahead. Tiago, I, I don't know if you were, <laughs> if you were expecting such a long introduction. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, no, definitely. I'll, definitely. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll introduce myself again. Thanks a lot for, for having us on the podcast. Yeah. So I'm Michael, originally born in Mozambique. My, my parents uh, are multicultural. My mom's Mozambican. My dad's British, but... His roots were in South Africa, so um, I was sent to South Africa to to further my studies or to grow up actually on further my studies, and that's where that's where my upbringing, um, you know, came came about. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm educated there. Uh, I think I, I probably resonate as being a South African more than I am Mozambican because everything I know from the age of eight is is pretty much been um, right transpired in South Africa. So yeah, educated there, went to school, went to university, yeah, met Chloe shortly after I finished university. And um, yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. Uh, I don't know if you want me to expand on. No, it, it, it's it's perfect. So what what did you study? Oh, so I I I, I went into finance. Um, that was my background. It's it's something it's something that um, you know. Growing up, my father's a pilot, so it's something I always wanted to do, follow cool. his footsteps. But as I sort of went through high school, I figured out that mathematics was <laughs> was uh, was more my thing. So eventually, yeah. I you know my mom's also an entrepreneur, so and and my sister, as a matter of fact, so. It's something that I've always been around, and my dad. So all three are were, were are entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. and um, eventually that pilot dream faded away, and I sort of pursued finance and business. Um, that's the decision I, or that's the direction I took when I went to university. Right, and uh, what what about you, Chloe? Is your family also entrepreneur? Do you have uh, entrepreneurs around you? Yeah, that's actually quite interesting. Um, now that I started my own entrepreneurial journey, I realized that, hey, both my parents are also entrepreneurs. Hmm. They grew up in China and Hong Kong, and they had to move to South Africa for work. 
So basically work sent them to South Africa. Right. No one else wanted to go because it was like before before apartheid at that time. So there was a lot of political instability mm-hmm. and they were sent to South Africa to start the business here. They had a factory that manufactured jeans. Mm. Um, yeah, so they also started as entrepreneurs moving to another country, couldn't speak English very well. Right. Um, so I guess I did grow up with it, not really thinking much of it. And um, so you, you met each other and you started traveling, right? But your kind of travel is more in the adventure spectrum, right? So so in university, um, you know, having grown up in South Africa, moving here when I was nine, I never knew my country. So I knew more. I felt at that time, I think it was the first or second year of university, I felt at that time that I knew more about South Africa than my birth country. So I took it upon myself to uh, fill a busload of university friends and um, we decided let's do a trip to Mozambique. Right. And that's and that's when it all started for me. You know, I, 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 I gathered uh, 14 people in total. We got into this big uh, car, it's called a Toyota Quantum. It's like a mm-hmm. minibus. And off we went. we went. We drove from Johannesburg all the way to Bilan. It's a little town outside of the capital of Maputo. Mm-hmm. And we were literally in search of paradise. And, and that's... And that's where the adventure came in. We wanted to find places that not not a lot of people have been to, that were you know um, that 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 just were just beautiful to see, like at beautiful beaches, untouched uh, shores, palm trees, and I did that for the next few years. You know, it was more, you know in the southern hemisphere we have our our holidays around December, so we would uh, we would do it every December. And I think a couple of years later, that's when I met Chloe, and Chloe joined joined in on one of the trips as well. And yeah, that's super interesting. And you you now have um, have a blog, which uh, is called Nomad and in Love, and that's your uh, I guess main business and main occupation at the moment, right? So you know, entrepreneurship or the way we see it, I think they call us freelancers here, but I've always considered myself an entrepreneur, you know, through and through since right. since I, I left my my full pay full time paying job. And what it is, it's not only having, like you, you alluded to this earlier, it's not only about having one income stream. You've got to have multiple income streams, and and right. not necessarily because you need a safety net. It's just you want to diversify income streams to allow you to do the things you never had the opportunities to do, and that's why we do what we do. So to answer your question, Nomad and in Love, having a blog, yes, you can call it an income stream, but right. within the blog, you've got affiliate income, like you would know. You've got advertising, ad revenue. You've got so many different income streams from the blog. But then, you know, we've also got uh, an online shop that we've built um, over the last right. year and a bit. So my, my, my nephew and brother-in-law, they've created a brand. They, they manufacture cannabis edibles. This brand's been around since 1995. Okay. But they never had the, the, the web presence that they, that, that, that they probably deserved. It's a very good brand, I think. And we visited them uh, about two years ago. We went and visited them and they saw our blog and they said, okay, you guys are good at websites. Why don't you build a, an online shop and then we can sell our products through this online shop. Right. And that's where that came from. So. We've now been able to create another income stream where we've taken Multitrons online and they're doing relatively well. And obviously, we've we've also had a, you know several years of of, of our, in our careers, which has allowed us to save up and we're fortunate enough to 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 both invest in properties. Right. Yeah. And now we rent out, so we also have a little bit of a rental income, mm, property rental right. income. So that is another income stream. And, and I think that's what makes entrepreneurs not, not necessarily only relying on one income stream, but or spreading it out to multiple income streams. But even though one of those multiple income streams wouldn't be enough to sort of sustain your life, but enough of them would in totality. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And it's a great tip for all the listeners here that want to live the entrepreneur lifestyle. Sometimes it's not about only having one source of income. You you got to have multiple. But okay, let, let's dive a little bit more deeper into the nomad in love 
because I think there's a lot of people, especially now there's so many travel blogs that I, I think there's a lot mm -hmm. of questions here on how you were able to grow it. So when did the idea to create this blog came to you? Basically, we went on our honeymoon. No one believed us because we went to the one of the most remote jungles in the world. We wanted to see um, orangutans, but we didn't want to see them in a zoo or captivate. We wanted to make sure that it was ethical. And right. there was only two places that you could do that. Um, in Borneo, as well mm. as in Bukit Lawang, which is in Indonesia. Sumatra. Yeah, in Sumatra. And right. um, we went there and literally just hiking the jungle for two days Whoa. <laughs> in like mud clothes and camping, our first camping experience in the outdoors and just coming face to face with orangutans in their territory with nothing but a bunch of bananas to protect us Whoa. just made us realize how, you know, what is important in life. I mean, it was just such a surreal experience because when you look have a, like a face-to-face -face look at with an orangutan obviously with with the distance it just kind of you know i don't know makes you realize what really matters in life and um i guess after that experience after our honeymoon we just kind of re-looked at our lives because it was six weeks that we were able to get away we right. saved up a lot of leave basically didn't take leave for like 18 months so that we could save enough to go travel right And we were stuck in a traffic jam in Indonesia. And I said to Michael, you know, it would be so nice. Like, you know, we both work in like finance or consulting related jobs. Like there's so much money generated, but all of that stuff just goes to people that buy Ferraris and, you know, buy really expensive things that doesn't yeah. really change the world. It might, maybe it makes them happy, but there are so much things that you could invest or put money into that could make a real difference in the world then we didn't actually know we were going to do a blog. I was actually really against it because okay. I was like, I don't, we don't know anything about blogging or making a website. We know nothing about it. You know, right. I'm always the glass half empty person and Michael's the optimist. He says, well, our personality and our, our way of traveling makes us different. And I think that there's a market right. for it. So we thought, okay, well, what the hell, you know, let's try it. What's the worst that can happen? You know, if we if we try the blog and it fails, you know, not not much. I mean, you can always just go back to your job if it doesn't work out, right? Right. So, so just for me to see if I understood. So you figured out after your uh, experience with bananas and orangutans <laughs> that that's that's what you want to do, right? So that's something that you would really love to do for the rest of your life to basically travel. So you try to find a way to make it happen, like a business that would support or even go along with the way that you want to live your life, right? Yeah, so basically, like Chloe said, we had an epiphany when we were on honeymoon. We we got so addicted to this travel. Remember, you know, earlier I said that I started just go travel. Um, experience paradise was the was the punchline there. We just wanted to travel all the time and, and be on the road all the time, but also have these authentic experiences, like Chloe said. And that's when we had this epiphany and we said, okay, what can we do to make our dreams a reality. What tools or what businesses or what what, what can we do on a day-to-day -day basis to build a project that will allow us to be able to travel the world and have these authentic experiences? And like Chloe said, initially she wasn't um, too keen on the travel blog. And I right. think our answer at that time, because remember um, we had the, the well, I had the, the company called Just Go Travel, but to have a travel company is very difficult in that you're competing with booking.com and you, in right. essence, you're just booking people's holidays, which is nothing wrong with, but I think bookings.com can do that much better. So right. we had this epiphany. We looked at it. We looked at it. We thought of a travel blog. Chloe was against it. So we then went to Instagram, said, let's start an Instagram page and start a Facebook <laughs> okay. page, not knowing that it's, it's not, a, not impossible to make money with uh, just having Instagram and, and just having Facebook, but you've got to have such a huge following. Right. Um, to, to be able to generate the sponsorship, you know, that would enable you to make a living off. So then eventually we got to a point, we grew our Instagram account by a few hundred, and then we eventually got to the realization that we need to have some sort of intellectual property on the internet that we can call ours. And the only way to do that is to have our travel blog. Right. So Chloe also said that you, Michael, thought that there was a space for your kind of travel. Was that thought based on your experience? Did you do some market analysis? How did that go? Um, no, we just didn't really do any technical 
market analysis. We just right. looked at the way, I guess, our peers were traveling. Um, obviously, in South Africa, we were many of our friends also worked for other corporates, and the common problem, I guess, that we have identified amongst them, and even when we were working, was that, you know, in South Africa, we only had 15 days leave for the entire year. And that means that when you go on holiday, you try to maximize it. You know, you want to do as much yeah. or as little as possible yeah. in those 15 days that you're given. And sometimes it's so easy to just pick a resort and go lie around the pool for a week and call that your holiday. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you come back and just kind of feel like, oh, you know, I wish I did more. So the idea of our travel blog is that we would address a problem. We would basically give advice so that someone could easily plan an itinerary. Right. for to do stuff when they travel um ideally for outdoor travel so we do everything right. from hiking scuba diving i mean make makes total sense now that you're explaining i think that's definitely a lack in the market for it so definitely was a great idea so you did your instagram your did your instagram didn't grow as much as thinking before did this discourage you or how did you react to this Yeah, look, I, I can try and answer that. It's not easy. There's nothing easy in life. All those people that have hundreds and thousands of followers, they continuously do something on a daily basis. You know, they put in a lot of effort into it. So no one handed them all this following and all, the, all of this engagement. They had to work work at it. And um, I'm a numbers guy. I've always been. I said maths was, was something yeah. I was really good at high school. And that's why I pursued business. I ran the numbers uh, and I said, look, we can continue this Instagram, um, you know, project. And we haven't stopped, by the way. We still post on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's just the amount of effort you need to put in to grow your Instagram um, channel or account. The return, in my, in my opinion, is, does not justify the amount right. of effort you need to put in. So that's why, in my, in my mind, I said, let's continue with Instagram and Facebook. We'll post, in our, you know, on our own terms. But but I guess the other, from an entrepreneurial perspective, you need to look at where's your audience or where's your client base going to come from. And if you look at Instagram, people love to go there to go look at videos, pictures and stuff. It's not really a place you go and get information per se. Right. Unless, unless you see like, you know, a really cool spot and you're like, oh, I want to know where to take a photo there. But I mean, no one's really going on there to like look for travel tips or per se. Right. You know, most people will go to Google and ask a question like, how do you mm -hmm. take public transport in Thailand? Right. Um, and I think that's something that's really important as an entrepreneur because there's so many social platforms nowadays that you could join and so many different right. avenues you can try to reach people at. But you need to think about, you know, where are your audience? Where are the people you want to target? Where are they hanging out? I think that's, that's also a great tip. Because for you guys, what you just described, it made sense that your users would be on Google searching for things. So having Absolutely, a blog, yeah. it's, it's a great idea. So there, I guess, Chloe, you were already more convinced that the blog would be a great or a good solution. What were your uh, next steps? Well, I'm... She still wasn't convinced. <laughs> Just not? Uh, really? Uh, no, at, at that point, I, I, think, I think we... I think we'll be honest. I think we, like we should be, right? We are on a podcast. Of course. We obviously discouraged. The numbers were not there. I think when we hit a thousand followers on Instagram, not realizing that these are just likes or these are just people that are commenting on your images that don't necessarily mean that they are getting value from the content or, or, or the descriptions that you write underneath the, the images because this is what we thought what blogging was, you know, write all these tips, but no one's actually really reading them. They're just right. double tapping on an image or commenting, saying nice pic. So I think <laughs> at that point we were discouraged. We're like, what can we do more to get this information in the hands of people that actually really need it or are looking for it? And through that discouragement, I would call it disappointment. That's where the passion grew and said, let's take this to the next level. Let's go with a blog. And that's where Chloe, I think, started getting on board. And she ran with it, to be honest. She built our first blog. Yeah, so it's actually quite amazing that Michael and I could work together because we're quite different in terms of personality. Like, like I said, I'm more the negative person and he's the positive and sees opportunity <laughs> in everything. But when it comes to getting like things started and things done, like I'm normally the first person to 
start something right. like i'm a perfectionist yeah he's a perfectionist he'll yeah. take his time analyze everything get everything prepared and i'm just like no patience yeah i i see it exactly what you just said in both ways sometimes it takes too much time and there's people that want to have everything perfect but then they don't have the feedback from the users so they just build whatever they think the users want and then it's not that good and yeah. also some other people and I, i would fit more in maybe chloe's mindset which is let's just make put it out there let's just and do then, it and uh, test the waters and see what and happens. Test yeah. The waters, yeah so yeah. Chloe, you you built the the first blog uh, which yeah. tool did you use the first one that we first built um like i said we had no experience in web design which is another thing that i would recommend other entrepreneurs don't give up on something because you feel like you don't have the experience or the qualifications to to right. do it because nowadays with the internet you could literally learn anything by yourself um True. yeah so the first time we created nomad in love um we were using a platform called weebly, weebly. i did a quick swot analysis it's like a wix.com it's mm -hmm. just another web site building platform I, i think i compared like four or five looked at the pricing structure what's the pros and cons of each one and then i just decided to go with one mm -hmm. and i built that wrote my first blog post which is the orangutan one right and then i thought to myself okay what now so i wrote yeah. it uh how people how are people going to find it and then i tapped on google like really hopeful someone uh, will pop up and then realize oh my god it's not there yeah. <laughs> where is this thing why is google not finding my website at this yeah. point at this point Tiago, we knew nothing about search engine optimization we knew nothing about website optimization we knew nothing about web user experience we knew nothing about any of those topics we were yeah. just literally it was our first website so excited uh, we were the only ones reading it yeah. that's that <laughs> that's And that's how it all, you know, started to unfold. That's where the misery started to unfold. And I'll, I'll, as we continue, you'll understand why. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. You get so excited before you release something. Mm -hmm. And you just want to show it to the world. And you put hours in, in work and then you share it. And the, it's not that people don't like it. It's just people just don't find it, right? That's, mm. that's what really hurts, you know? But, um, all right. So <laughs> you, you started researching on Google. And did you find a way, like, w w how did you make people notice your blog post? Well, and, th and that's where social media came in at that point. I mean, I think Chloe did some research, spoke to a few people, and, you know, the, it was like, no, you got to give Google time, to, you know, to crawl your crawl. Right. I don't know if I need to explain that, but basically search engines to, 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 to crawl your, your website and then, oh, hold on, it's discoverable, and they put it into search results. Uh, of course, we were we didn't know any better, so of course we we thought it would come with time. So the next logical step for us is we have we have uh, Instagram and we have Facebook. Let's promote it there. Let's write. Let's take some nice pictures or use existing pictures that we had and write really nice captions and put the link there and see if anyone right. would go to our page or our article, or our website. But it just wasn't happening. I think <laughs> our friends were were, you know, just based on, on us sharing it on Facebook and sharing it on um, WhatsApp. It was probably mostly our inner circle that were visiting the sites and giving right. us feedback than anyone else. I, I can totally relate to that. So you're now checking, <laughs> you're checking to your analytics and you see like two views, Yay! 10 views, yeah. three views, you know, this yeah. kind of thing. The excited, I think the excitement really came when we saw an uh, organic view. We were like, oh, it didn't come from Facebook. Or it wasn't a direct, you know, a direct right. uh, visitor. Then we knew we were on the money. But I think that took several weeks, if not months, to come. Right. Months, I, I, months. I don't even know it because wow. I think Chloe would have been the one that would yeah, have Yeah, I'm like that insane person who won't Checking up. every day. I'm, I'm like that bulldog. Like, you know, when you give, we, when I'm trying to find the stick, I'm going to find the stick. Right. So I spent like, probably weeks like just every day spending like eight to ten hours just searching on on the internet like why is why does google not find my website and then that's how i came across search engine optimization right and then i started reading about it and i'm like oh we've done it all wrong like <laughs> we messed up <laughs> and yeah yeah i started going to full panic mode but luckily michael's the calm one so We started to slowly... How, how long after we launched on Weebly did we decide we need to go to WordPress? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it was like three or four months after we, we did our website. It took, quite, it took right. like a whole week of me working on it, like 12 hours a day um, to get it. And then three or four months afterwards, we realized we shouldn't have used that platform. Like that platform 
is not good uh, or not optimized for Google to find it. Right. So you, you went in this full panic mode when you're not getting the views that you wanted. How did you, like, did you got discouraged? Did you thought that maybe this is a mistake? Or did you say, no, let's find out why? Uh, I think definitely. I, I think, think a little bit of all. Yeah. Anyone would be discouraged. If you're writing, I think, how many articles did we have at that time? I think we wrote like 20. We had 20 articles. Ah, 20 articles already. Okay. Yeah. Very few, um, very few Google organic searches. I mean, you know, like less than, like less than 10 a day, less than 10 a day, which was, you know, for us at the moment, at that time we were thinking, okay, we're getting somewhere, but then we run the numbers. If you're right. getting less than 10 visitors organically on, you know, per day, how many articles do you need to get to become successful? And it right. just didn't add up for us. So at that point, we were discouraged. We were like, we never questioned, we never ever once, well, personally for me, I don't know if Chloe can speak for herself, not once did I ever question, what am I doing and should I be doing this? It was more like, I can see other people are successful in it. If they can do it, I can do it too. But if I need to be more successful than them, I need to do it better. And that's the mentality right. I've always had. But of course, there were ups and downs. A lot of downs, especially when you don't know something and you're trying to, to learn. So it did right. discourage me personally. And what did I do? I just went like, I just went online, like I always do and try to find answers. Yeah. And you figured out that uh, WordPress would be much better for Google, much SEO friendly. And then took the decision to, okay, let's switch to this other platform and have our blog hosted and developed with WordPress. Yeah, at that time, like I think for, for any of those web building platforms, you need to pay for a certain period. So normally that's one year. And I think before one year was up, I was already telling Michael, you know, we've written all these things. We pour our heart and soul into giving, sharing people, you know, tips and what's to do in these beautiful places and no one's reading them. So we need to move, we need to change. We can't just keep going in the direction that you know you're going to fail. Right. So I think at month 10, I was like, okay, no, we're doing it. We're just going to move. It was completely like a disaster because it's, I mean, these platforms make it very hard for you to change over to WordPress. And you can, it's possible. It's just that a lot of work. I think we yeah. spent like an entire two weeks just moving everything over. very frustrating. Which like manually copy text, yeah. manually well, re-upload yeah. re images and uh, it was just... And, and re remember at that time we went from a platform that did everything for you. We didn't know anything about HTML. We didn't know anything right. about CSS. We didn't know anything yeah, about that. PHP or JavaScript. We were literally, we, we were like babies with yeah. no, like, you know, I don't know if you had Tamagotchis growing up. We were like a Tamagotchi that was just born. Ah, yes, no, yes. no, no knowledge. Literally, you need to teach it from scratch. <laughs> that's a, a good yeah, metaphor, I, yeah. And I guess like that's kind of one of the challenges that you need to expect as an entrepreneur is that the first few years you'll be paying so much school fees, like learning so much lessons. Right. Um, and it's really, really scary. I mean, maybe Michael didn't question because he's like the always optimist, but you know, the pessimist in me is always like, did I make a mistake? What did I just do? I quit my job in like yeah. the highest point of my career into to do something I've never done before and I have no experience in. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really scary. And I mean, I'll do that for like a day where I just feel sorry for myself. And then the next day I'm like, and then, You know, I'll talk to Michael about it and the next day we'll come up with an action plan. But did you ever question the quality of your work? No, actually, even now when we look back at the very first blog post that we wrote, I mean, the stuff we write there is really good quality and contains a lot of detail. And a big part of our blog is that we only shape our personal experiences. We don't, right. we won't write about something like a trip that we've not done. And what makes a blog unique is by imparting some of your personality, imparting things that you like to do. You know, maybe someone's like, okay, well, I like hiking too. So maybe I will check this one. I think also just the fact that people share your, your article online, if they've taken their time, their precious time to read it and then feel that they can still help someone else and share it on their platform, Facebook or WhatsApp. I think that's also affirmation for us. And um, 
you know, we can track that obviously. And uh, that's really, really good feedback for us too. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. And I totally subscribe to what you just said. I I don't get that many messages, but I already got like some messages for Change It, my climate change app. And it feels so great or like a great review on the Play Store or something. It's yeah. it's a boost of motivation. And uh, yeah, it's, if that message comes with a, with a free coffee, that's even better <laughs> than I have to admit. So yeah. you you are using now WordPress and do you see the results immediately? How long did it take to start seeing, you know, the views going up? And what were the numbers? Say within three months, we already saw like a huge difference, like our traffic literally almost doubling. Don't take that just three months for granted. There was a lot of, there was a learning curve there that continued for probably another year. Because right. again, we didn't know anything about website optimization. We didn't know anything. We were learning about SEO at the time, but we also learned that the two go hand in hand. You need to have a fast website, serve the data really quickly to, to, to users and Yes, Chloe said three months we saw an improvement in traffic, but then we got to obviously we we were heading for towards COVID, which yeah, <laughs> which was, story. was one of the hardest things you could have as a travel blogger because no one's yeah. traveling, right? And you're writing about travel content. This is what we needed to do, uh, but we'll get into that later. So, can you tell me in terms of numbers, like the number of views? Do you still remember? So before you had like 10 views per day or something, after a couple of months of using WordPress, do you remember what the numbers were? I think when we were on Weebly, we were probably getting 1,400, 1,500 views a month, which was like right. peanuts. It was probably mm -hmm. us. So Chloe mentioned 1,000 odd, 1,000, 1,400, which was really good at, the moment, at that time. We were like, oh, we're doing so well. But then again, we were discouraged because we wanted a lot more. Of and course. then we moved over to, to WordPress and then what did we see at that time? I think it, it went to like um, 2,400, 2,500 monthly wow. views. Yeah. So, so it was a it was a big jump. But then at that time, I was like looking, okay, well, we currently aren't monetizing besides affiliate links. So I think the second month when we started, even on Weebly, we managed to make like 250 euros. Yeah. And we were like, wow. yay, okay. we're going to make money. It's like so easy. Second month in the blog, make 250 euros. You know, you start counting the money in the bank. And it only happened once. <laughs> it only happened once. Yeah, and it didn't uh, happen once. We, 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 uh, one of the first articles I wrote was about how to open a bank account in Germany. And obviously, right. I stuck my N20, N26 link there. And for everyone that signed <laughs> up, they had various marketing campaigns throughout the months. But you would get 15 euros if they spent 15 euros. But then that would change yeah. to 30, depending on how, whatever they were running. So we were always getting some N26 affiliate or referral income. And uh, we had a few other referral income, uh, referral links that we had put on our blog. I mean, that's quite great already, though. Two hundred fifty euros with a thousand views. So, is this something that you immediately think? Do you think on how to monetize something before you even start the blog? Did you have already this in mind? No, and that's <laughs> we're literally learning everything from scratch. So we always thought, you know, um, we would get paid per post on Instagram. That was always in the back of our head. If we get enough people seeing, or if we get, have a big enough following, we could approach. Uh, I think Deloitte had come out with a with a with something that said if you have ten thousand followers, you get a hundred dollars post, something like that. I, I can't remember what it was, but oh, okay. but I mean, it was just so many people on ten thousand followers on Instagram, and you know, if one or zero zero one percent of those are paid we'd need to be part of that zero come on. So the maths just never added up there. But when right. we moved over to the blog, we, we were introduced to affiliate income and we said, okay, if we can refer so many people, um, you know, we might earn, well, there is a possibility of us earning and it, it's yeah. always about, you know, affiliate income. And then that sort of expanded to ad revenue and showing ads, you know, joining. I think at that time, one of the reasons we moved from Weebly to WordPress is because we wanted to get onto Mediavine. And I think we were made. We, we what was the number that we needed? The media vine is like thirty thousand monthly. Uh, yeah, thirty thousand monthly visitors in visitors. order to apply. In and order to apply, not to get approved. Okay. This is just to apply. So that and that would mean, and I'm sure you. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but that would mean just media vine would show adverts from their various clients on your site, and you would get paid per view or per click right. or whatever it is. And 
But for the, the affiliate, did you... Because a lot of people say, okay, first try to get your users, then think on how to monetize it. Mm. Do you agree with this? No. Why? Um, I guess we have different opinions. <laughs> I, 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 look, I'm, I'm always going to be a business guy. I think when I... Do, well, I'm going to say no, because purely based on the article I wrote, yes, I was answering a question but I was answering a question with an opportunity to add an affiliate. Right. That in itself was like, oh, here's N26 willing to pay you 15 euros per person you refer, but here's me trying to address a problem. And that was one of the first articles we ever wrote. So we thought, so yes, we probably only had five articles then, but we already knew what affiliate was. So I, I would say it's, it's, it's a bit of a miss or if you're just going to create 100 articles first and then trying to monetize it later, I think you should have both in, in mind when you're creating content. Yeah. And you so, don't agree, Chloe? Um, so the reason why I say I don't agree is that, you know, ideally when you blog, you want to find an area that overlaps between what you're interested in and what information you want to share, but also what is a question, a burning question that your reader or your audience is looking for. Ideally, you want to find that common ground where you're answering, answering a, a, a practical question. Plus, you can share some of your knowledge because when these two circles meet, that's the potent, that gives you the potential to perhaps include a way to monetize it. Like any other business, you need to address a problem. What problem is your user having? And we identified that, okay, we're going to save people time when they booking things or whether they're moving to Germany, we, we want to help them with the process by, you know, making the, the process easier. And um, that's why I, I think that it's a mix of both. You know, you can't write about something you're not passionate about. So, yeah, I think where those two circles meet is the best place to, to do so. And um, even with COVID, I mean, it was really hard where to switch from writing more travel content to writing more expat-related content. And um, initially it was, it, was, it was really hard because, I mean, obviously writing travel content is way more appealing. It's what we started out to do. Um, and when we switched to expat content, that's actually when we saw the biggest traction on our blog. Really? Yeah, so, yeah. So, so, so just to uh, uh, echo what Chloe said, uh, you know, we were heading towards COVID at that time. We didn't know it was coming. So we were writing all this travel content. It started growing when we moved over to WordPress. We were really excited about it. We were heading for the 30,000 sessions or, or visits per, per, per month that would allow us to move Whoa, over to okay. Mediavine and then COVID hit. And then that's when we took a decision to, you know, not, not a lot of people are going to be traveling. Let's write a bit more, you know, on, on, yeah. on, on expat content. And these 30,000 sessions, were only organic, so you didn't spend any money on ads or anything. No, no, no we, we, we're not getting 30,000 sessions per, <laughs> per month. This is ah. this is what you need to, ah, to be right, able to right, apply right, for right. Mediavine. But no, you're that going was... towards that, right? So you're, you yeah. had 2,500, and then it was increasing, right? And all of these organic. Not only organic. So when we, when we quote numbers, we include... Um, Referral. We social media. It, it's, right. it's, it's all included in there. But non-paid, so you didn't... Oh, yes, yeah, yes. We didn't pay for any ads, but we were just in our minds, because affiliate marketing, you only earn that income if someone clicks on your link and, you know, a sale goes through. Right. So obviously, we, you know, as an entrepreneur, you want to have some sort of stable income or you, you want to know that every month you're going to get something. So ad, ad revenue is good for that because that depends on people visiting your, traf your, your, your blog, not necessarily buying anything. And although in our, in our head, you know, the gold standard is media fine, 30,000 at that time, when COVID hit, a lot of companies pulled off their affiliate marketing programs. So they stopped paying content creators affiliate income. Ooh. Plus, okay. a lot of these ad publisher companies started to increase their limits yeah media funds now 50,000 just to no, qualify 100,000 oh they've gone it's 100,000 yeah Sorry. they increased to 100,000 kind of like your goalpost yeah. being moved like just as you're getting closer to the goalpost like yeah I'm Somebody coming and then someone moves it like by yes. another football two football courts and you're like oh my god <laughs> how did this affect you it, I think it might have affected Chloe, uh, you know uh, probably more but at that time we were now getting 10,000 
visitors a month on you know and we were like okay we we this is just before covid hit and we're like okay we're seeing a really really big increase here uh we we didn't even have 50 blog posts at the time i think we were on like 40 even less and i was again i'm a numbers guy so i'm always constantly crunching numbers in my head and i'm thinking okay 10,000 30 40 blog posts if we write you know perpetually here and uh, we're earning so much already and when we apply for ad revenue you know the numbers look really good so just keep doing right. what you're doing and that's in my head what i'm telling myself and how much were you making with 10,000 so it's very unpredictable i mean i would say yeah between like 500 to 200 euros on average in in that time during that time and some months you get nothing some months you get more like wow, it was just yeah. really unpredictable and, it, and it's for both of you right so both of you are putting i guess how, mm-hmm. how long would you work per day i think initially we probably easily spend like 10 to 12 hours easily a day and right. often on weekends we would work as well just because the, we just felt like our list of things to do was so long and i mean it was COVID. there was like we weren't going anybody anyway so true instead of just watching netflix all day we just spent all that time either yeah. reading stuff to improve uh, how to create that or how to improve our blog to writing content but I, I think one thing that we need to correct for other people that are thinking of, you know, doing the blogging career is that yeah. blogging is not just about writing. Writing is 20% of the work. I always like, I would say like the best example I can say blogging is like, it's like almost trying to bake a really sophisticated, I don't know, macaroon, cake or whatever. That yeah. it, It's like a whole bunch of ingredients that need to come together. And you need to create the environment for it to, you know, six, six, six successfully build that cake. And that's exactly what blogging is. And that's why Michael and I, we kind of split the workload. I continued writing and creating content, whereas he handled all the technical aspects of the blog. I mean, that's why companies work, right? You have people that like each area. And if you have like a blog a company or a company that writes blog posts, you you will have people that do just the optimization, people that write the content and so on. Mm, mm-hmm. But obviously, in in a company, if you think on your project as a full company, you need to know every part of the job, right? So mm. yeah, yeah, it makes a little sense. So COVID hit, you didn't panic that much, but because you're already seeing that you you're having some income and so on, but you adapt your content, right? How did it go? Like the whole world was shutting down in, 20, in March 2020. Yeah. No one was going to travel. Everyone's going to be confined to their homes for weeks and weeks, and no one knew what was happening. So at that time, we were in a position where we were earning a little bit um, from the travel blog, but we had also started another project, which I've spoken earlier about, right. building an online shop to take multitrans.com you know, uh, digital online. Yeah. And, and by the way, sorry to interrupt, but you used what you learned from building your blog to make this store successful, right? Because now you already know SEO, you know how to build a website and so on. Exactly. And and that's and that's where my brother-in-law saw, saw you know, the synergy. At the point we went just to, to fa- it was just a family visit in 2019, in September. We were going right. there to visit my sister. And my brother-in-law said, okay, you guys know how to do websites. There's a synergy here. I need to take my product online. You guys know websites. Why not marry the two? And at that point, uh, we were not amazing at what we do. Uh, We were still finding our feet, but I think we were quite advanced in terms of our learning, our ability to learn. Yeah. You now live in Berlin. I guess you moved even before starting the blog? Uh, yeah, we actually, so after we quit our jobs, we had no idea what we were going to do. Sorry, I need to correct Chloe. Chloe keeps saying quit. I don't like to use the term quit because it it, it gives you the impression that you gave up. I prefer right. to say resigned or, or changed our career, but quit is, quit is a very Okay, I take word. that back. I take that back. Before we took that leap of faith. Yeah, we weren't sure what we were going to do at the time. Um well, we were going. We did. We we, we 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 were thinking of going to London to see if we could pursue our careers there, even though it wasn't really what we wanted. I think we wanted to go to London to to sort of uh, what's the word when you're getting uh, when you when you're getting the answer you want Just to, to, see to that, get validation to get yeah. validation right, of right. our decision. So we went to London, met with a few recruiters, and realized that this is really because London is like Johannesburg on steroids. 
So mm-hmm. it's a rat race. That's what we feel. Uh, apologies if anyone's from London, but we just feel like it's... <laughs> not it's, for us. It's, it's just not for us. You know, if you're right. happy there and you, you love life there, that's great. But we wanted something different and we needed to go to London to speak to recruiters so that we could validate our decision to say, okay, we don't want to pursue this life. We want to do things for us right. around travel. And, and I guess that's what pushed us towards Berlin. Um, we previously came here to visit Michael's mother and mm-hmm. obviously explore the city. But um, staying here for two months and meeting people at German school made us realize that Berlin is actually a really great city for startups and for yeah. freelancers. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really know that before. I mean, when you hear about Berlin, people just normally talk about the clubbing, which we're not really into. Um, so really meeting people that come here to start a new life, to pursue their dreams and their passion and not really care whether, you know, they have to tell people, oh, this is the job position I work for, right. was such an eye-opening experience because at that time, I mean, it's really uncomfortable when people ask you what you do and then you say, I blog for a living, you know, it's kind of, you know, in some in some circles, people like applaud you for it which I find that in Berlin, people don't really care. And if you say True. you blog, they're like, oh, cool, you know. Good for you. But I mean, if you go to London and you say, I blog for a living, people look at you. and They, they pity you. It's almost like, yeah. they, really? they, they, yeah. they, almost the, it's almost as if they're asking them to give you a fiver or give, give, you, a donation. give you a donation. <laughs> I guess almost everywhere in the world, that's kind almost, of Almost, right? But Berlin is very special. Like you yeah. can be whoever you want to Literally. be and no one, everyone's, everyone's sort of happy for you and cheering you on, but no one will ask you why you know you, you can yeah. do what you want to do yeah so so at this point um michael is focused on on the web store yeah and you are focused on building content how how are the numbers growing so so, right. so, so fast forward from you know december we were like nine thousand nine hundred ninety, <laughs> almost yeah. to the ten thousand. we hit a peak of, a peak of i think seventeen thousand page views at one wow. stage closer to 20 um, and, 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 and to be honest, Chloe has been writing, but we're not pumping out a blog post a day. I mean, we're just yeah. barely on 60 articles. And to be honest, a lot of those aren't ranking because these were some of the articles. These are travel articles because no one's going to these remote places. So yeah. we were getting about 15,000 page views per, 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 per month. That's so around crazy. about 500, between 500 and 750 depending on the weather because yeah. mm. if it's cold people tend to stay in and read well, and if it's hot people go out. so it's better actually, it's better when it's cold is it um well now we've actually realized that when you blog it's kind of like creating an investment portfolio you need to almost right. create content that's suitable for throughout the year um, i mean that's that's uh, i love how you think and i love that business mindset because what this means is now you can even invest money in, let's say, hire someone else to write content for you as long as it aligns with your mission and you can reach there, that goal even faster, right? Because you have everything set up. You have the business, the, the website, you know, everything is set up, the brand. So yeah. now it's just a matter of scaling it up, right? Absolutely. I think for us, we found that recipe. Um, again, website optimization, SEO is always going to be a... A moving target, not a moving target. You always need to stay abreast of, of, of industry changes, and, and, and Google's always up, updating their algorithms. You need to always know what's going on. Those always need to be continuously worked yeah. on. But um, to to answer your your you know question about outsourcing, I, I, we always felt that the blog felt that the blog for us feels very personal, and yeah. we always write. We have a, obviously our own style of writing. Mostly Chloe does the writing, but uh, I will be contributing a lot more to, towards the writing so we can achieve our, our you know, there, there's no goal. We are living the life. That is yeah. the goal. Live That's the true. life. Yeah. You continue to create content. We're not chasing a thousand blog posts. We might get to a hundred blog posts and, you know, not write again. But our, we're enjoying where we are right now. And the numbers don't, the numbers seem to favor us. If we can just continue doing what we enjoy doing, Money is never going to be a, it's just going to be an afterthought. It won't be like, oh, I need money for this, for that. It will just yeah. keep coming. And, and that's yeah. what we like about where we're heading. If, if you're restarting your journey, what would you do different? Anything that you learned that you would do different if you're restarting? I kind of, although like I'm perfectionist and I wished things would be smoother, I kind of think that I had to go through all those difficult times to learn all the lessons that I'm using today 
right. and to get to where I am. So although it was tough and there was a lot of tears involved <laughs> from my side at least, I kind of don't want to change anything. Right. Um, I'm quite happy with, you know, the way that the journey has unfolded because mm-hmm. I feel like I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't go through all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I, I thought Chloe would have said that she would have changed a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's why I love Oh, change a husband. Change, change <laughs> a husband. <laughs> change the people. No, to, to be honest, I, there's obviously, if you have hindsight bias, you know, you, you could say if I did this and this differently, it would have fast-tracked my progress or my success. I honestly don't believe in that. I think um, I wouldn't have changed anything at all. I needed to go through the learning i needed to face the disappointment to be able to be where i am right now and i know that the path forward it won't be easy there will be a lot more disappointment there will be a lot more learning that comes from that disappointment right but you need that as an entrepreneur i i think it your energy and uh, your learnings it's it's a true inspiration and i think it this episode will help a lot of people a lot of people that are starting especially in starting their blog posts or maybe influencer career or any business really so i think it's it's a great lesson so thank you so much for for sharing it yeah, with with you. us thank you with the wannabe entrepreneur community i will link your your blog and any other you, your instagram your social media everything in the description Appreciate of it. this episode and um, yeah just just to finish it up what would be your One tip, uh, Chloe and Michael, to someone that is starting now their blog. If you could only give one tip, what would it be? Don't give up. And if something doesn't work, keep learning. You can find anything on the internet. Yeah. Um, I would probably say don't procrastinate. Um, I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of people out there that want, that have a dream. They want to have a side project that will eventually become their main career. And they keep putting it off. I think do it now. Start now. Whether it's a few minutes a day, one hour a day, but start now and then see where it goes and don't give up. Thank you very much. And I wish you all the best for your next projects and for your current projects and Thank your you so travels. Much. Thank you so Thank much, you. Thiago. Thanks Thank for you having so much, us. Thiago. And if you are a first-time listener of this podcast and have no idea what this is about, I highly recommend you to go and listen to the first episode. It's called The Pilot, and it explains everything. It's a short episode, and you, I think you'll like it. So the link will be in the description. And if you're a regular and like this podcast and the interviews and the content I share, and you want it to continue, the best way to do so is to become a supporter. The link will be in the description, and you will also gain access to a lot of extra content that goes along with the podcast. If you cannot afford that, sharing is caring. So if you share this episode, it will really, really help me a lot. Thank you very much. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you tomorrow.